Hey, it's CK, and this week, my guest is Kate Ovens. But I was so embarrassed and I was so nervous because it was like, you know, making a page for yourself is a bit like, that's a bit cringy. I didn't tell, I only told my best friends about it. I didn't tell like my close, you know, my peers or anyone at uni or anything. I didn't want to tell them because I was, I was embarrassed. Creator and presenter of online series Kate's Food Challenges, building her audience from zero to over a quarter of a million hasn't come without its hurdles. I did have a group of friends and when they, you know, when a few of them found out, they did take the mickey out of me quite a bit, to be fair. And it got to a point where I'm like, is this insulting or are you joking? I don't actually know anymore. It was in 2016, aged 22, when one of Kate's challenges went viral, introducing her to the public as the pint-sized young woman who can arguably out-eat a full-grown horse. You thought I was going to say man then, didn't you? Nah. It was probably one of the craziest days of, probably of my life. Like, it was very much a big moment for me. And, um, and I turned my phone on and I don't think it ever stopped buzzing for about two days. It just was constant. Every single person I'd ever met in my entire life was messaging me. During our chat, we discuss her journey from uni student to influencer, with Kate offering some beautifully down-to-earth tips to all wannabe creators. Plus, I sprung a little surprise on her. Oh, oh my gosh, are you kidding? Oh, that's so lovely. So, I hope you enjoy this episode. We pick up with Kay answering her phone. It was two days after UK lockdown restrictions were lifted and she had a big announcement for us. This is my, this is my first, um, my first hair dye in four months, I think, which is crazy, but it's, it's been all right. I feel like I could have gone for maybe at least another month longer, but I just didn't want to risk it. What? So so you've had a dye and a cut, right? Uh, just dye, no cut. Oh, wow. So, sorry, I'm, I'm a bit of a girly boy, so the minutiae of detail fascinates me. <laughs> why, why, <laughs> why, why have you restricted yourself to just the dye? Why not a cut as well? Because because my hair is actually like all hair extensions, so there's none, there's no actual growth. <laughs> There you go, people. You heard it here first. Kate Ovens not only <laughs> uses extensions, she's a, she's a closet brunette. What's with the dye then? Are you what's, what's what's with the dye? What's that all about? Oh, it's just it's just highlights. Like I've I've been sort of I've been going blonde since the age of sixteen. I've, I'm a, naturally like I'm a dark blonde anyway, but. Um, yeah, it's just getting look, been looking a bit dull, and yeah, I've, I mean, I, I think everyone on my platform knows that my hair's not real because I just tell them. <laughs> That's hilarious. Everyone's listening to this right now, th thinking, "See, Kale, you just get on with it. Why are you talking about her Kate's hair?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm a massive fan of detail, so thanks for sharing. Anyway, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you're happy with your cut. How was your weekend? Yeah, no, it was good. It was. Um, I saw a couple of friends I haven't seen in a while, which was nice. We had a picnic in um, in her garden, and that was about it. How about yourself? Did you have a nice one? Yeah, it was super relaxed. Um, devoured a load of box sets that I love, and yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I guess. I guess we're all just throwing ourselves back into the real world now, right? I mean, how did you cope? Have you coped well, or have you been getting a bit fidgety about lockdown? Um, I feel like I've actually coped 
quite like I think I've been all right. I moved back to my parents quite early on in lockdown just because they more people in the house and like it, I was either being stuck in London or back in Hampshire and I just thought might as well go see some greenery and have a nice big garden and things like that so yeah it's been it's been all right it's just um I think I just miss the hospitality industry so much now and seeing my friends who decided to stay up and them all going to all of these amazing in like my favorite street food places and things and popping in and out and then there's me trying to attempt something out of a cookbook and failing miserably so I've been very envious so Kay is referencing in terms of her failed attempt at cooking you're referring to the giant donut surely <laughs> that was one of the few successes well you know what you you made that at your did you make that at your folks house in was I that... did, yeah, and I will say I complete. I mean, it looks so bad in the video because m my mum helped me out with a lot of that, and but she's not very, she's very camera shy, so I pretty much edited the whole video so it made it look like only I made it. I will give complete, full, almost full credit to my mum because she was there every step of the way through that video. <laughs> well, credit to you because, as you said, this is the first time you've actually crafted something with your own fair hands, and. In this instance, there wasn't only the challenge of demolishing that donut, but you did share the behind the scenes making of, didn't you? Yeah, I think the um, the only like it was absolutely fine. We followed this. Um, it was a YouTuber, and I put his link underneath my video to make sure that people didn't think I was creative enough to make the recipe. But um, no, we followed his sort of step by step, and it was all fine up until we needed to find something big enough to deep fry this donut in, and just looking all over the house trying to find practically half a bathtub and well for anyone that's anyone that has question marks of what kate and i are talking about this was when she demolished a huge donut probably one and a half times the size of her head and it's her most re is it your most recent challenge oh no maybe the fish and chips is your most recent actually yeah fish and chips fish and chips was most recent but that was about i think only about three or four weeks before so still very close together to be honest yeah and you can find that on kate's youtube and her facebook and i've got to say out of all your challenges because i've got food envy for all of them except the donut one so i've got a theory my theory on the donut challenge that without question is the one that i would have enjoyed the least purely Really? Yeah, pure... Is it because I made it? <laughs> well, now you mention it. But <laughs> the, the real reason is that I just don't think I could tolerate the dryness and the sameness. So I think yeah. I think that'd be my least favourite possibly. Where did it rank in, if, in your league table of favourites? Towards the top of your favourites, the bottom or the middle? It's. I'd probably say it's like lower middle. It's definitely not one of my favourites. I'm not a chef in any way, shape or form. The taste was pretty much exactly the same. It had been, It was like a vanilla tasting donut. It, it was pretty much like a, eating an entire vanilla cake like the whole way through. Um, there was no like changing it up. There was no, you know, if I was speaking to someone who knew how to cook donuts properly, there'd be like a nice cream filling. There'd be a jam. There'd be chocolate. There'd be something to mix it up. There'd just be something. And this wasn't it. But this definitely wasn't my worst. I've definitely had um, not many, but there is always one that comes to mind that I will, I think has been ingrained into my head. I'll never sort of attempt that kind of thing again. It was me against this builder and I had to, we had to eat, who could eat the most sausage sandwiches? Because obviously when you're a builder, you know, 
it's kind of like a staple part of your diet. You wake up in the morning, you go to the cafe and pick up something. You you know, you're driving between clients, like that kind of thing. But um, no, and it was a it was a sausage sandwich challenge, and it was just imagine like the most beige, dull white bread, and then like a sausage, <laughs> which just you know you can you can tell there's practically ten percent meat in this, and it was just it just wasn't pleasant at all. We tried mixing up with so many sauces, and it just did not help in any way, shape, or form. Well, it's interesting you just used the word beige, Kate, because there is another challenge which, of all the ones I've watched. I've not seen you look this bored, but I don't think that spoke necessarily to the dish. There's just a very specific part of the dish that would... Which one is it? I'm going to tell you now. This is... I've never seen you look as bored as you looked when you were doing the Smithy Challenge. It was the it was the poppadoms. You just couldn't bear it. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, you're completely right. I was a bit worried then. I was like, please don't insult one of my favourite like food vendors. No, no, no. That was, that was awful. I was... I had to... Um, I had to cut out actually a few bits of me eating that because you can only you can only fast forward it on Premiere Pro to ten thousand, and that whole section of trying to eat poppadoms went on for about half an hour just on its own. Like the rest of it was fine. I wasn't doing it within a time limit, but that whole bit I had to like take like massive chunks out because this video was going to be about fifteen minutes long. <laughs> So it's just like I was just getting so bored because I was taking forever to chew it and swallow it. It was yeah, that was very very dry and plain and horrible. <laughs> what, so was I right in my? Because I I I don't think it's so much that the food wasn't nice. It's just the poppadoms. Like I think you had. To... It was just the poppadoms. The food yeah. the food was all right. Yeah. It wasn't great. I did it more for like the challenge. I didn't even mention the name of the takeaway because I probably won't be ordering from there again. Um, Again, it's one of those ones where it's like, if I haven't mentioned it or if I'm not talking about the food, I probably don't rate it. (laughs) That's a really, that's a really insightful tidbit you've just shared with us now so ultimately if she doesn't reference the brand name it's dog meat basically which is it's, it's, it's probably not great <laughs> that's hilarious you but... know i'm all i'm all there for like helping out a small business and things but um no if it's, if it's not good and like i've either i've either pre-confirmed it and said i'm not going to do the challenge which i have done before and i've said i'm really sorry like I've, I've just been incredibly um, polite about it and just said I'm really busy at the moment. I can't do it. But um, but no, I only ever like work with people that I absolutely love and go to. And if it is like a video like that, so for instance, like the Smithy Challenge, it was just an Indian takeaway in my local area. I didn't even say where I got it from because when it turned up, I was actually quite disappointed. So um, <laughs> but people were more there to see if, you know, if it was doable rather than actually what the Indian was. Um, because obviously, you know, everyone's very specific about having an Indian takeaway, like at their local, you know, it's, it's all well and good. You saying you had an amazing one, but you need to live in that area type thing. So for anyone again, that is curious, Kate is a huge fan of Gavin and Stacey and ahead of the Christmas special, she thought that she'd treat herself to a Smithy special, which to be fair, because I'm not a Gavin and Stacey, um, Stacey viewer, Kate, I had to research. So can you just outline <laughs> what are the constituent parts of a Smithy special? So in the programme of Gavin and Stacey, he goes through it. I'm going to try and see if I can get this right first time again. So 
It's, he orders from a Chinese, from an Indian takeaway, he orders a chicken boona, lamb boona, prawn boona, mushroom rice, a bag of chips, a kima naan, and nine poppadoms. And then towards the end, he actually puts on a sagaloo as well. And because it was coming up to the Christmas special last year, I thought, and I looked it up and no one had done it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a go. And then I've actually seen a couple of people do it since. And I was Me like, too. oh, I I started a trend. Me too. I've seen that as well, and it's int- it's interesting. That's I think you know. There's a there's there's so much that I want to explore with you in terms of your journey, but there's a lot to be said for being uh, for being the first to do something. It can be a bit... Oh, yeah, I was I was very proud of that, to be fair. I was so worried. That I was like, it's such a simple idea. Someone's going to do it. I need to do this video now. I need to get it out before someone else does it. Well, good on you. Good on you. And I think that probably... I, th- I don't know if this is something you're aware of because I've... I, you know, ahead of you and I talking now, I've done a little bit of reading around. I've watched a few interviews and I know that you generally can be quite self-deprecating and, and you say things like, you know, I don't expect this to last forever. And if it does, I'll go back to waitressing or whatever. But beyond all of that, I think I do think you are very, you're very sharp at marketing. I don't know whether you're aware of it, but, you know, I, I can it. I can see oh. it as I can see it as a creator myself, as a creator who does all my own PR and all of that jazz. I can kind of see you've got that muscle as well. Um mm. No, I, I I love what I do, and I I feel like it's just more. I don't want people to think that I'm taking it for granted, and I don't want people to think that I'm living in like an unrealistic world where, you know, because I mean we've seen massive companies fall and things that you'd never even expect, and just humongous things happen over the years that you just you can't you can't count for. So I want to kind of sit in the middle where it's like I appreciate everything that gets put in front of me and I really appreciate it and I you know I thank my lucky stars pretty much every single day and I don't mean that in like a preachy way either it's just like a you know I did used to be a waitress I did used to do kids entertaining I've actually ended up going back into almost kids entertaining because of recent events and it's just um you know it's kind of just going into it into a more realistic mindset that this couldn't you know it may not be forever but at the same time if it does last and like you said sort of you know yourself being in the creative industry you've got to you you do have to work and you do have to keep an eye on things and keep up to date with stuff and you know be on it with emails and communication and you know it's uh, like I I personally love doing it so for me it's it's great I enjoy it and everything but um you know it 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 takes it takes time so (laughs) Absolutely. It, it, it definitely takes time. And, you know, it, it's easy for someone listening to you say that you are grateful and you don't take anything for granted. It's easy for someone to think that you're being trite or you're just pay, paying lip service. But I was... Oh, I, yeah, totally. I, and I get the whole cliche that comes with it, just being like, I'm so grateful. And, you know, this, and I'm like, please don't think that I'm like that. Like, no, I really, really am. And, you know... No, but the reason... The reason I know that you're not being disingenuous is I, someone once asked you in an interview whether, what was it they said? I think they said, like, would you ever consider selling merch or sending or, or selling Kate branded merch stuff? <laughs> and your response, you didn't even flinch. Your response was, well, I could, but to be honest with you, I'm just grateful that people even watch anything I have to say. And that was really sweet. Yeah. That was really sweet, to be fair. And I think it's kind of, it's those little things that kind of a, a nerd like me notices. <laughs> oh bless you you really went through the interviews like no i was um i was expecting my answer to be like well no one's gonna buy that stuff anyway <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm fascinated by the psychology of artists and I'm going to plow into this with you in a little bit in a little bit more detail mm -hmm. and when I say the psychology of artists my most recent short documentary was actually called Out There because mm -hmm. I know how limiting and how paralyzing it can be as an artist to put yourself out there and so do you you've said it many many times and Men, there was about there was a three year spell when I was doing a lot of professional photography for singer songwriters and people in the music industry. So I was taking their official marketing photos and stuff, and mm -hmm. that's how I became really close friends with a lot of singer songwriters. And I just realised very quickly that there's this paralysis in the field. They're like they're remarkable, ta they're remarkable talents, like almost arena sellers, but they're just scared of being seen or putting themselves out there too much, tweeting too often, Instagramming too often. And when you're friends with someone that has a remarkable talent, but you see them put these limitations on yourselves, it kind of just kills you. It kills me in my yeah. heart, right? Um, yeah, and it's just, it's just sort of starting at like a small level. So like I went back to my old college that I grew up at. I had you know, social media was only, like, I think we only had Facebook and maybe Twitter, I think, and Instagram was only just started, I want to say, and um, sort of, I went back and I spoke to all the, like, 14 and 15-year-olds, and, because um, it was, like, a career day, and I think I'm one of the only people who came out of my school and actually has this weird and bizarre career in social media. There's a couple of others, I think, but I'm not too aware, and um, they were all asking me, you know, like, how did you do it, and uh, you know, like, how do you get this many followers and this, that and the other? And I was just like, honestly, I wish I'd started earlier because I got lucky in the time that I came into it because now it's very saturated and it is a lot harder. But start now. And it's a bit like the reason why I didn't. I wanted to, but I was so embarrassed and I was so nervous because it was like, you know, making a page for yourself is a bit like, oh, that's a bit cringy and stuff. And I didn't do it until my second oh no it's my third year of university and even then I was mortified I didn't tell I only told my best friends about it I didn't tell like my close you know my peers or anyone at uni or anything I didn't want to tell them because I was I was embarrassed I was like I want to do this but I'm terrified and I told that to the to this group of kids and things because they were like oh I want to do this and I want to start a YouTube I want to be a YouTuber and I want to do this and I was like has anyone here actually got a channel and about one person put their hand up and I'm like well none of you have started so you know how can you ask me all these questions about how to become successful when you, you haven't even started and you know worked on it and figured it out and failed a few times and things like that like it's terrifying but I wish I'd started earlier because if I'd started earlier my stuff probably would have even been even bigger like it's just you know the longer you leave it the like the harder it's probably going to be so you may, you've made two really powerful points then i'll take each one in turn i mean in a recent interview it's interesting just to give a little bit more background to people listening to this kate when she was at university so you went to newcastle university kate right mm -hmm. and it was as you just mentioned in the third year when you thought you're just gonna create a video and see what happens was it your third year you said mm -hmm. now people yeah. People are probably listening to that thinking, well, all her mates were probably creators or videographers, so what's the big deal? But they weren't. Like you, and, and the term you used before, you were really in shallow water because it was just you that had this interest in content. Yeah, it was <laughs> pretty much just me. I mean, like, you know, we had, I think in the UK, we had like Facebook entertainers. It was very much like the entertainer industry, but like there was practically no food industry. I think the only food social media thing that I knew was Food Bible, which is obviously part of our sub part of lab bible which is which was massive at the time so 
and that was about it it was companies and that was pretty much it so and then there was like this whole youtube community and there wasn't there it was a lot of people out in america but trying to you know almost like start your own industry in the uk i think there was a couple of people who were doing it but not as like you know videoed and things you know cropping and things like that it wasn't sort of done like that so it was a bit I'm not going to say I'm the first because I definitely I'm sure I wasn't I'm sure there was a lot going on at the time that I just didn't realize but for what I did particularly I really didn't see anything so it was kind of putting my stuff out there and I did have a group of friends and when they you know when a few of them found out they did take the mickey out of me quite a bit to be fair and it got to a point where I'm like is this insulting or are you joking I don't actually know anymore um but uh but now what's hilarious is anyone who was like that who kind of did the jokes where you couldn't really tell whether it was negative or an actual just a jokey personality they all come around and they're like wow you're doing so well and I'm just like oh this is a change of pace <laughs> well I, again I mean I can understand how that would happen and again this speaks to the ice this speaks to the isolation of being an artist and I don't mean isolated as in you don't have friends but sometimes when you've just got that part of your DNA that wants to mm. express a degree of creativity outside of the bounds of the normal society I mean I think we need to remember that making YouTube videos very much isn't the norm right so no i mean i think it is now amongst the younger generation because they're all you know they're setting up on tiktok and they're all putting themselves out there on videos and trying to be funny and dancing to songs and things like that it, it's starting to become a little bit more normalized like within the everyday household i'm not saying everybody because obviously i know quite a lot of people who you know as soon as i get a camera out they're like you're not putting that anywhere are you I'm like no 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 it's fine <laughs> and um and everything but uh i think the younger generation they're kind of taking on it in strive so i but, agree you know when i was when i was doing it yeah being a youtuber i think anyone just associated with people in america or basically teenagers yeah i totally agree and since that 2016 post you've subsequently since your videos and your challenges became more visible and they'll feature on places like lad bible huffington post the, the sun the mirror the daily mail very recently it's kind of these almost in inverted commas these like that it almost like legitimizes what you're doing in the eyes of some people doesn't it yeah oh absolutely i think that my stuff I've, oh, I can't remember. I think it was an interview I did years ago, actually. And I found it so funny that, like, the thing that I tried doing on my own YouTube channel, as soon as it got picked up by Lab Bible, so the thing that people were taking the mickey out of when they found out about it and things like that, when it got picked up by Lab Bible, and it was something different, fair enough, and it was, like, a different way of doing things. As soon as it got picked up by Lab Bible, all those same people were like, wow, that's really cool. I'm like, it's the exact same thing I was doing before. I'm doing it again. Like, why on earth is it just because it's on Lab Bible now it's cool kind of thing? And that's what, it took me a while to kind of get my head around that, to be like, it's so ridiculous that that's how we have to validate things. It's like, oh, it's not cool, it's not cool. But as soon as, you know, something that you respect, like a, like Lab Bible, all of a sudden it's cool. And it's like, no, 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 it's the same thing as I did the whole time. <laughs> Nothing's changed. I'm the exact same person. <laughs> yeah. Well, so let's, let's go back to that for a moment because... I remember the first time one of my projects, it was actually a challenge. It wasn't a food challenge. I don't do food challenges. But I remember the first time, 
I remember the first time one of my projects got picked up by like an international brand and I'll mention what that brand was in a minute and I remember exactly how I felt. We're going back five years now. But the, mm -hmm. reason I, the reason I want you and I to talk about this is that I'm hoping at the very least the group of creators that I've just been talking about that are scared of putting themselves out there, there's no more remarkable feeling than some when some disposable piece of nonsense that you've made is picked up by an international brand it's remarkable so for me it was red bull in 2015 when i did this ridiculous thing and i survived in london for six months with 100 quid and oh, wow and red bull picked up on it so that was my first big heavyweight piece of press and i, I remember exactly where i was what i was doing i'm not going to talk about it now because it's not me being interviewed but <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd love to hear from you, Kate, on what it was like when, you know, because Lad, Lad Bible's huge. So take, I mean, I don't know if you even remember where you were, what you were doing, because I do, but I'm curious. <laughs> to be fair, Red Bull, like, that, that's amazing, because obviously they are huge, like, you know, beyond even just the dream to, like, the sports industry. So, like, yeah, I don't blame you for, you know, I've been bringing up all the time. I'd just be like, yeah, did you guys know this? And it's just there, like, it's my birthday. And I'm like, I don't care. I got this article. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I do that. Yeah, I do that too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I do remember. I actually remember exactly, like, I've, I just call it, like, the day I went viral. It was just, it was probably one of the craziest days of, probably of my life. Like, it was very much a big moment for me. And um, I... So I sent them, I sent through the image to the, this lab by the email address and the guy got back to me and we messaged back and forth, like asking questions and Kate, things like that. Kate, can I just interrupt? Then, Kate, I just want to interrupt briefly. For anyone that's thinking what image, I know what it is, but can you just outline exactly what you sent them? This was the first big, this was the first challenge you did, right? Yeah. So this was, um, this was a challenge called the Gut Buster Challenge. It was a 24 ounce burger. So four really thick beef patties stacked up with a with a sort of just covered in cheese and then a handful of potato wedges and it had to be finished in 20 minutes so I went in with a few friends and I was the only one out of my friendship group who managed to finish the whole lot in 20 minutes to the to the dot like I you know there was no second spare or anything like that and it was pretty much a before and after photo so I sent this before and after photo through to this lab by the email address and sort of the questions were flowing. They were asking me, you know, like how long did it take? Where was it? Things, you know, sort of the typical questions. And then he let me know and he said, it's going to go up at eight o'clock on the Monday. And I was, or I was going to the cinema with my, um, with my friend at the time um, in, in Basingstoke, I think it was. And, got to the cinema and obviously you know i mean now i think everyone just turns their phone on silent or like airplane mode or anything i turned my phone i fully switched it off because i was nervous but also i was just i don't know i was like well i'm in the cinema i can't have my phone flashing or whatever i'm gonna get too distracted so i watched this film and i came out at probably i'm gonna say about 20 past or half past eight and i turned my phone on and i don't think it ever stopped buzzing for about two days <laughs> It just was constant. Every single person I'd ever met in my entire life was messaging me. My family was messaging me. Just ev everyone was talking to me. And it was absolutely mental. My phone just just vibrating the whole time. I don't think I've, like, I tried to drive home as fast as I can, but within the speed limit as well. It was quite difficult because my heart was going through my chest. I was feeling all these emotions, sat in the car by myself and not really knowing how to like control it. I was getting 
called by like radio stations like Capital FM which was just mind-blowing and like all these things that I was just like this is so overwhelming and um yeah, I'm pretty sure I stayed up till about 4am just reading through every single comment that was ever written. I can, I, I can, that, that was a beautiful story, mate. I love the detail of you in the car. <laughs> um, can you, 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 I, you remember your first, like, as you said, you, you do remember it, you know. I'd be surprised if someone didn't remember their first, like, experience with it. It's quite a, it's quite a substantial amount of attention that, you know, I couldn't process it and, I'd be amazed if someone just acting naturally if that happened to them. It, I mean, so much of what you said I relate to, the, the constant notifications on the phone, um, the just like in this weird bubble. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's beautifully odd. But it's one of those things, as you, as you correctly say, it, you never forget it. And it, I don't want this to sound self-indulgent. The only reason I'm exploring this now is, like I said, I'm just obsessed about remarkable talents putting themselves out there if nothing else just to experience this because i think and this is what i want to talk about now the most mm-hmm. critical part of your story kate is that actually none of that would have happened had you not done what i do all the time and that's reach out to people you had to send that email otherwise that would have never happened absolutely like i also do the same as you like i try to tell people that actually a lot of things that have come through with my life has actually just been randomly sending an email just on chance and you know I'm not saying I'm not saying I've had luck every single time because my god I have not um but it's just you know like like you said if I hadn't have sent that message through I mean that photo had been around for about five months no one had picked it up it was on my personal profile and that was it I had a few mates being like wow you can eat a lot and that I think it got 40 likes I think (laughs) that was it you know and at that time that was quite a lot of likes and it never got picked up by anybody it was just me sat bored on a Sunday evening thinking you know what I, I think this is worth, like, a lad Bible story. I think this is the right kind of, like, theme of it. I think it's, you know, something I don't mind putting out there. It was just, yeah, it was, you know, I always say to people that it's just like, if you if you don't give it a try, like, what's the worst that could happen? And I know that, again, that's very cliche advice, but a lot of the things that have happened, happened in my life have stemmed from sending an email or just giving it a chance or anything like that. If you're anything like me, Kate, you sent that email to Lad Bible, hopeful, but not necessarily expectant. So when they actually did come back to you, it probably blew your mind because I... Oh, I was I was at work. Like, I was on my placement year and I just remember, I was like, right, well, I'm not getting any work done today. I can't concentrate at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so true. And I think one of the, you know, the final point, I don't want to get into too much detail about this because it's going to bore people, but I suppose because I'm, a, you know, additional to my own content, I do PR consulting for people. And I think if you've created something, and I think you used the word earlier on, like if there's a story in it, and I think that's mm. something that sometimes people underestimate. Like, what is this the kind of thing that mates would talk about down at the pub? If it is, then just send it to someone. And that's most likely why your content works, because it's kind of talkable, it's shareable. Um, mm. So people, oh, I say people, specifically creators or people that are thinking of getting into creating, if you do something that's a little bit unique, innovative, or a little bit left field, there's probably a story in there somewhere. So just send it out to everybody. And again, what Kate said... 
about I don't want people thinking that I just fall stuff lands in my lap. I can guarantee I don't even have to ask her. I can guarantee that she probably gets placed less than she doesn't. Maybe certainly when you mm-hmm. started, but I know that I if I send like fifty pitches, I might get three. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Um, no exactly and it's just like if you don't you know if you don't try like a million and one times because like there are some people who just float through this world you know they they get everything that they want they apply for something they get it and you know that's fine and then there are some people who are just really down in their luck and they really don't get the chances and everything but I like to hope that every once in a while they do and you know I put myself a bit more towards that end like when I was applying for placement schemes, I got zero. I got, you know, I barely got a reply every job interview I got, I got turned away from. Um, I did same with grad schemes. I went for, I went for all the ones that I wanted, basically heard nothing back from any of them other than one rejection. And it's just like, I didn't even get emails back. Whereas, you know, I've continued on with my hobby at the side. I had a, I had a job that I went into after uni and then the hobby started delving into what, into an actual job and that's kind of where it all started and I'm not saying that you need to have a hobby because I know that trying you know my hobby is eating like that just sounds ridiculous but somehow I've turned into something else and it's just you know because I feel like out of all the hobby lists that you could have you know you should be into a sport or a craft or have some real skill I'm like no I like pizza you know it's (laughs) it's pathetic it's silly and um, I try and I try and use myself as an example for other people to be like, look, it can literally be anything that makes you happy. Well, good on you, and let's explore because we've discussed now how it felt and where you were the first time mm-hmm. you received a media placement. Let's talk about. Can you remember the first time a random human that wasn't in a restaurant, a random human while you're going about your day, recognised you? Can you remember that? Oh, I'm not sure if I can remember my first, to be fair. Um, <laughs> I want, I would have said if it was, it would have been up in Newcastle because that's kind of where I started everything. Um, oh, you know what? I don't think I've ever been asked that question, so that's really making me think. I, I would have said it probably would have been up in Newcastle that I would have been recognised. But the thing is, what's embarrassing is I think I get more excited than people seeing me. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like you actually, or well, one, you believe that, because obviously I put very flattering angles out there and everything. I'm like, oh my gosh, you can actually tell that that's me and I'm not catfishing myself so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, no, I mean, oh God, you really make me think with that one. I don't know. I don't remember the first person that came up to me. I know I would have been beyond excited and probably more excited than them. Um, I have a feeling it would have been up in Newcastle. And yeah, I remember getting, I remember two boys spotting me in a nightclub and, you know, they got photos with me and I've actually got photos of them getting photos with me and I've still got them somewhere. So, <laughs> Do you suffer, do you, do you ever suffer from... Loose, let's loosely call it when you get these approaches and photo requests. I don't know. I don't know if you ever get an autograph request, but wh- I, whether you do or you don't, do you ever suffer from like why me, imposter syndrome, or you're like pretty much all right with it and laid back? Um, I don't know. I mean, I've definitely never had. Oh no, I've had an autograph, uh, an autograph before, but it was a group of kids who I just think that like one person was like, oh, that person's famous or something. And then all these kids just came over and were like, can I have your autograph? And I'm like, I don't think you know who I am, but I think that's the only autograph I've ever signed. Um, no, at the beginning, it was a bit like quite surreal, but 
I don't know. I haven't really thought much about it. Like, I just get really excited. I try and, you know, I I really do talk to people who come up to me. I try and sort of say, like, why on earth are you still watching my videos? Like, aren't you bored by now? <laughs> um, because, I mean, I've been doing it a while. And when people have said, you know, I've followed it since this year or, like, I've been following it since this video, I'm like, wow, like, you, you've been following it for ages like aren't you bored yet <laughs> but uh no it's just it's um, i did have one guy bless him in london i was walking to my friend's house with just like me and my mate and he ran from the bus to come and get a photo with me which i thought was so sweet like he actually ran i was like i'm not worth running for <laughs> oh mate mate we've we've completely glossed over the cop during your every kfc in london <laughs> That was madness. Oh, that was crazy. Well, genuinely, so what happened about three minutes before, no, about two minutes before that, like that whole engagement happened and everything. So I basically, with my cameraman, I basically ran in front of their car. Like I, you know, when you kind of, you think you've judged it right and you sort of come out of it and you, you, you're like, oh yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. I should have gone a bit later. I was like, oh. Then it's that kind of like, oh no, that was a police car. And then all of a sudden I hear, you know, he, he's calling me outside the window. I was like, my heart just sank. You know, when you can't process things quickly enough, but you're like, no, this is ridiculous. You know, you look at it now and you think, no, why on earth would they like pull you over for, you know, you, you didn't do anything dangerous. It wasn't that dangerous anyway. Um, but in my head, I was just like, oh my God, I'm in so much trouble. And then they were like, oh, like, are you Kate Ovens? I was like, no, stop it. And I'm on camera. Like, this never happens. This is wicked. This makes me feel so cool right now. <laughs> so to expand on what Kate and I are talking about, she did a brand partnership with KFC and the challenge was to visit and eat something from every single KFC in London. And I remember mm -hmm. when, I remember when I, when I pressed play on that video, I was like, as if. Not even, not a chance, but cre credit, credit you for the credit for the effort. But anyway, so the challenge was to visit every single KFC and eat something from every single KFC in London. And during the challenge, these two coppers just approached fans, apparently, and just wanted to say hi, get a selfie, which was like super sweet. It was so lovely. Like, I really wasn't expecting it. But um, the, ma the massive credit needs to go to my cameraman, because bless him, he not only came with me around like all day, Pushing up with my annoying voice, and then he um, he was carrying the biggest camera as well, and we were using public transport to pretty much get to every single location. So he needs some. I mean, I'm just throwing his name like him out there. He deserves way more credit than I did because he he ate with me as well. He didn't eat all of them, but he did eat quite a few of them with me. So, um, but yeah, he had to do all of that with a massive camera on his back. So. I was just like, I was like, mate, please go to bed tomorrow. Like, have have the whole day off. <laughs> okay, you're right. That's one reason that that challenge was inconceivable and mad. But just the audacity of it. I was, hang on, is that even geographically possible? I was just, don't get me wrong. I don't get me wrong. Oh. I love I love a KFC, and I was actually very proud of you because you weren't. You you'd think, well, she's probably going to have one chip in each, but you were properly going in, like the big tower burgers, pieces of chicken in each one. You oh, no, we did we did have to slow it down like towards the end because I think I started moving on to sides by about KFC number <laughs> six because it was just like I can't do like a fillet burger or a zinger stacker or a I c I couldn't do it. I guess what we're talking about here is how through you 
taking that plunge and you know deciding to commit to a, a, a thought you had to produce these kind of videos that KFC partnership is one of the fruits that you're subsequently reaping and you know these are the brand partnerships that enable you to do this full time and pay your rent all that kind of jazz and KFC, mm -hmm. KFC is one brand which is amongst others such as Guinness um Sky did a little Sky thing with one of their one of their promos for The Simpsons dominoes which i'll come on to in a minute but you also get to travel the world don't you mate which is brilliant and <laughs> so if we've had we've had like a little food tour of philadelphia which was great strongly recommend people check that one out but as i mentioned you did you you worked with kfc again and you went to the home of kfc tell us about that kate yeah that was that was amazing i think that was one of my first like real big trips and um so they wanted to create a whole, um, like almost like a documentary style of the life of Colonel Harlan Sanders. Harlan Sanders is the founder of KFC, so carry on. <laughs> yes, and he, um, but no, so we went out to Kentucky to go visit the first ever KFC, which was in a place called Corbin. And, um, and it used to be called Sanders Cafe. And they've actually still got like the sign that says Sanders Cafe. They've got loads of memorabilia in there. Um, they've actually got a um, one of the Colonel's suits. I think watching that KFC brand partnership on your YouTube, I, I'm going to speculate that that was the first time that you thought, yes, this is exactly what I want to do. Because that call, that kind of called for presenting in a way that perhaps your food challenges don't. And I, and I just, mm. I remember watching it thinking, I bet she's just loving every second of this. I was so engaged and interested in all of that. But yeah, it's, I, I love the food challenges. Don't get me wrong. I do love it. But it does, you know, take a toll on my body. I do have to put in the exercise and the work and the hours afterwards. And if anyone is yet to watch a Kate Ovens food challenge, would you, Kate, like to give... <laughs> three recommendations which would you which three of your videos on your youtube channel would you like people to make their first watch go you you go for it oh three um i feel like to be honest the fish and chip one i'm really i'm it's, it's basically my my newest one it was from a month ago it's sort of well like one it's how i actually look now because i feel like if you go back through the years and everything i don't think i look like from when i first started um and it is like it, it's a beautiful challenge i really enjoy myself with it i have a pint with it as well because i'm enjoying myself so much um that's probably one i definitely say to go watch uh i do love even though i don't finish it i do love um the beefy boys so that was a monstrosity is what it was it was a monstrosity kate my god <laughs> yeah so like i had such a laugh doing that video because they it, it, the beefy boys like it really is it, it's a restaurant in hereford and it's a bunch of guys who own it there's a couple of girls there as well and they were lovely too and they were all you know we did it we did it before they opened so that it wasn't interfering with um their actual sort of customers and things like that and um they would they were just you know they were cracking jokes behind and it was so much fun i was gutted because I, I don't finish it and i'm sorry for a bit of a spoiler like i don't finish it but 
I, I gave it my best shot. It was an 11 patty burger. I managed to get through nine. I'm very proud of that. Even to this day, I'm still proud of it. Um, but, the guy, you know, it was just more like the ad-libbing. And I kind of, I don't have the original footage for it, which I'm gutted about, because I'd love to go through and just watch and listen to all the bits I cut out, basically. So... <laughs> <laughs> So we've got Ansel's Fish and Chips, we've got the Beefy Boys, the 58-ounce burger. So what would be your third video for humans to go and check out, Kate? Um, hmm. Does it have to be, like, challenge-based? Not at all. Just because I... Because obviously with the challenges and everything, I've started recently doing um, 48-hour food tours. So I've only done two of these. I was planning on doing a lot more over the summer, but obviously that's you know things change um but i did a food tour around newcastle which obviously i went to newcastle uni i went there for four years like i got more into the food scene towards the end of it and have kind of felt like i've remained part of the food scene since and i know that a lot of people associate newcastle with drinking and like going out and like geordie shore and things like that which is totally fine but i wanted to show that like the city is is so good for so much more so I did this food tour. So me and my friend Alex, who's also a food blogger, and he, me and him came up because he's got family who lives up there as well. And we kind of set out a list of places that we were going to go to. And we visited uh, 10 places in, in two days. So, and like that was still including, like we still went out for drinks on a Friday night and things. Like we, we did have a lot of fun with it, but um, it just just like i'd you know it's done it's done much better than i'd expected it to because i just thought oh maybe like local geordies might like it or you know people who went to uni up there might like it but actually it's done better than i expected and it just shows you a bit more of an insight into the stuff i love doing and you know me letting my hair down and it's not just like challenge and then you know go back to being boring again kind of thing it's just like no this is just me having a laugh and being with my friends so they're three they're that is Kate's three recommendations. The final one being the tour of Newcastle. And I have one closing gift for you, Kate. My friend Donna runs mm -hmm. a small business called The Biscuit Bakery. And we were talking about this chat that I was going to have with you. And she's crafted something special for you, which I'm also going to send you on WhatsApp now. And prepare yourself because it's cute. Bear with me. Should be coming through any minute, I hope. Oh, well, oh my gosh, are you kidding? Oh, that's so lovely. I've just got it. Oh, that's so amazing with a little full of SD and I can't believe that's my face. So would you like to explain to the humans what I've just sent you via WhatsApp? <laughs> So he sent me a box of, uh, they look like sort of like sugar cookies almost, and half of them are full of MSC, like the little badge, which is my, that's my football club, that I've been following them my entire life, and another, and on the other side there's biscuits with my face on it, which I just, I think is mad, but that's amazing, like, that's so lovely, thank you so much to her. Not at all. It's, um, you know, I know that you love the Fulham and I just thought, why not? I always like, I, I always like to part with a little bit of a treat for all my guests. So oh, we will, 
so nice. Thank you so much. Is, am I going to get sent that in the post? You absolutely will be getting sent that in the post. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I was going to say, like, I feel sorry for someone who has to eat my face. <laughs> and the joy is this is not a challenge. These are for you to savour at your leisure. You don't have to wolf oh. them down. <laughs> no, I definitely won't be. Like, that looks, that looks amazing. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you. On behalf of Donna and I, we just wish you all the best in the future and um, keep on keep on smiling and doing what you do. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for just chatting with me today. And also, like, you know, the amount of research that you did for this is amazing. I mean, I can barely remember what I did yesterday, let alone how much you managed to remember for this interview. So, like, I really, really appreciate that. And thank you so much because you've been lovely to talk to. And so have you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I hope I haven't bored you too much. I do like to go on a bit of a tangent, but... <laughs> You're there just probably looking at the clock, just like, oh, we should shut off any time soon now. <laughs> I'm just worried about my battery life. I don't think it's sufficient <laughs> to accommodate a Kate ovens. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and that was my chat with Kate. Follow her on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube by searching for Kate Ovens, spell O-V-E-N-S. Find me online by searching C-K Golding, spell G-O-L-D-I-I-N-G. People should just start having normal names, to be honest. And finally, get more episodes of my podcast by searching for the Worry About It Later podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your stuff. I'll see you next week.